0: hallelujah turn your neighbor saying you're a winner too you're a winner too father we thank you tonight in this house because of what jesus did at calvary we have been made winners it says now thanks be to god who gives us the victory in all things we are more than conquerors we are victors because of the blood of jesus tonight You may be here and say, well, I don't have the victory. Well, before you leave here tonight, you will experience in your heart the victory that Jesus has made possible for you through Calvary. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for you tonight. If you need healing in your body, we sang it. Sickness is leaving. That God is a deliverer. If that's you tonight and you're in here and you need healing, would you lift your hand? In any area of your life, it may be emotional, it may be physical, whatever it is, we want to pray for you tonight. If that's you over here, back here, just look around, believers, if you're standing by somebody or go to somebody. Lord, we just agree tonight for the healing touch of Jesus in every one of these lives. We thank you, Father, that the word says that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Not that we're going to be healed. We've already been healed. It's already been decided. Heaven has decided, and we agree with the kingdom of God in this place, that healing belongs to the children of God. We bind sickness, we bind disease, we bind the powers of the enemy, and we say, Jesus, in this place, be Lord over the lives of these that have raised their hands. In Jesus' name, we claim the word salvation over their hearts, over their minds. It means total well-being, and we declare that over them tonight. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that in this place, would you take the hand of whoever you're standing by tonight? Just grab hands with somebody. And Father, we thank you tonight for each person here. We thank you that because of the blood of Jesus, we stand in this house tonight. We are prepared for whatever you've called us to be. We are prepared by the power and the anointing of God to live and move and have our being in you and through you. Now, just begin to pray for that person whose hand you're holding that everything they have need of, that God is going to give them that provision, whatever it is, whatever it is in their life. We all are different levels of our walk with God. We have different situations, but the word of God says that God is faithful. He is just, and he always hastens to perform his word. So we declare that word over your lives tonight, that God is perfecting everything that concerns you. Psalm 138.8. Everything that concerns you concerns your father, and he is watching over you to hasten to perform his word tonight in your life. Father, I thank you that as we're here this evening, that you will open our eyes and give us revelation, give us understanding of things that maybe we have not ever seen before or we've never heard it that way before. We trust you, Holy Spirit, that in this place, you have freedom to speak to us tonight, to speak to each heart in Jesus' name. We will not leave here the way we came in Jesus' name. And everybody who believed that said, amen. Hallelujah. We'll give God praise. And let's all stand. Give David a
1: hand. Glory to God. Good to see all of you tonight in the house of the Lord. You are in the right place. My darling wife filled in for me last Wednesday night. I was out in Denver. How many of you have family members uh, on drugs, close family, relatives? I want to pray for all of you. And uh, my, my nephew, uh, our nephew, uh, has just come out of uh, a time of incarceration, kind of a forced deal, but uh, totally drug-free and really focused on the rest of his life. And I want to pray for you because about several years ago, I had a word that sounded like a funny type word, but that uh, Matthew was going to be free tomorrow. He was going to be set free tomorrow. And uh, I remember his mom would call me up sometimes and give a report. And I'd say, just remember, Lisa, t- tomorrow is going to be set free. And I remember the first time I gave her that word, she said, tomorrow, God is going to set him free tomorrow. And I said, oh yeah. And she said, tomorrow it was the first time I'd shared that with her and it was like I don't know what day it was but let's say it was on a Monday and she's thinking Tuesday it's going to happen and she said how do you know it's going to be tomorrow and I said well I can't guarantee you that it's going to be Tuesday but it's going to be one day tomorrow he will be okay and and Pam had a word that he'd be in his sound mind and ten years went by and it looked like anything but that but he's out now and he's really trying to pursue the things of God. So, I want to pray for all of you that have a family member in that situation. Don't ever give up. Don't get in line with the devil who's going to tell you that they're never going to make it and that they're going to reap what they sow and all those types of things because that's contrary to the will of God. The will of God is that all of you people be set free from drugs. And we're going to talk about the power and the authority and the dominion that we have been given in the area of our mind tonight. But we are one day away from our loved ones being set free so those of you that have loved ones lift your hands up those of you that are around them i want you to just go to them just lay your hand on them and we're just symbolic of coming into agreement with them father you are no respecter of persons And I pray that in the name of Jesus, the word that you gave me for Matt, that he's going to be set free tomorrow. I thank you that the tomorrow is coming for each of these loved ones. We bind the work of the devil who is in the drug culture in this world. We bind the work of the devil off of every one of these lives. And I pray for the intercessors that are standing the gap and speaking the word over them. Not a word of death, not a word contrary to the will of God and your word, Lord, but a word of freedom. In Jesus' name, we proclaim freedom for all of them. And everyone that agreed shouted, Amen. Let's have it. We have the victory. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. We have the victory. We're going from glory to glory. Well, let's make the confession. I don't have it memorized yet because it's a lot of words. But here we go. One, two, three. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open to receive. I told you, my best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Let's give the Lord a hand. You can be seated. Good to see all of you tonight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Genesis. You can follow along with us uh, very freely. Hey, uh, do me a favor and turn off the lights like we had it for praise and worship. I want to do a little survey here and see what you like. I was in a church uh, Sunday that uh, out in Denver a- in Lakewood, and uh, it's called River of, uh, now I'm going to ask you how you like it in just a minute, called River, uh, no, no, uh, Red Rock Church, and uh, I'm, I'm really amazed it's a young guy out there that has really reached out into the drug culture. Too dark, isn't it? How many of you think it's too dark? How many of you think it's just right? How many of you are asleep? I, uh, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this in just a moment. Okay, we're going to do it in just a moment. But I was out there, and truly, I thought it was in a rock concert. Uh, I, I, I uh, the thing that impressed me most was about four thousand people showed up, and it was only one campus, and they have five campuses. And uh, the second service was bigger than the first service, and I was in the first service, so I have no idea. But they are reaching a culture out there that really impress me fog lights strobe lights uh, all sorts of things going and uh, uh coffee and cappuccino i I'm, I'm there during praise and worship eating the, feeling a little bit guilty but the donut was so good and the coffee was so good i'm doing praise and worship and eating a donut and drinking a cup of coffee and i'm thinking i used to think these people were crazy but man this donut tastes good and the coffee is really good too And uh, it was just absolutely different, 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 different. I still haven't figured out if it's a good thing or a bad thing as far as what all is happening, because I know that you can't just have a social event. You have to do something to bring change into people's lives. So I'll leave that between the pastor and the rest of what was going on out there. But all I know is that my uh, my son or uh, son, my nephew wanted to go to this church, and uh, his girlfriend was part of the church. And they both came out of the drug culture, and uh, she loved the church. And, and truly, they had a great message. I, I, I loved the church too, but again, it was different. It was a video church, and uh, it was just when it came to the Holy Spirit and ministry. I still am not sure what I think, but when 4,000 people show up and they're telling the, the need Jesus, I'm all for that, and that's what they were doing. But what really blessed me is my nephew came out of there, and I said, How did you like it, Matt? He said, I loved it. I can't wait to come back next Sunday. And before, he had never been involved in church. But what I saw out there was the drug culture scene that is so demonic. Everybody say demonic, it is so demonic. And uh, I want to I share with all of you, especially you young people are here, there's a slippery slope to hell through drugs, and the devil is trying to get a hold of the mind of our young people, and even older people, too, uh, through drugs. And, uh, you know, Matt started with marijuana. Some of you here, I'm not going to ask for sure of your hands, but some of you, I already know, you'd be raising your hands if I, you would say, I started with marijuana, and you went away and had to come back. You don't have to, but okay, I see the hand. And... You be real careful now because the devil is tricking our nation into making marijuana a medical, uh, part of our medical answer for people's lives. Marijuana is a slippery slope into full-blown drugs. Almost everybody who's become a drug addict has started with marijuana. Same thing with drinking beer. If you're here and you drink beer, you know, more power to you, but, but beer is a slippery slope to alcoholism. It may not be for you, but it may be for your children or your children's children. How many people here have alcoholism in your family line? Can I see your hands? Almost every single person. And what happens is it jumps around from family line to family line. Some person says, well, no, it's not going to affect me. I'm okay. And they may be right. It may not affect them, but it will affect their aunt, their uncle, their nephew, their children, their grandchildren. It'll jump around. And that's why you got to nip it in the bud. But the word of God tonight is, okay, now I'm doing okay up here with these lights. How many of you uh, turn on the house lights again? I roll all the lights or whatever we call those lights okay now how many of you like it dark like that oh, keep them up real high okay how many of you liked it with the lights on like this mm, pretty close okay leave them on for right now we'll we'll, we'll pray about it <clears throat> now <clears throat> we're going to be talking tonight about the power of the mind and that your mind is what everything flows through to walk in the victory and the power and the dominion that Jesus gave for us. Now, if you look in the book of Genesis chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 26 through 28. We have been given the victory and an instruction manual. And the instruction manual is something that I believe is being watered down across our nation, across the world, and that is the Word of God. And the instructions are in here on how to have the mind of Christ, how to operate the mind of Christ, how to walk in victory, and how to keep the devil defeated. Now, I'm going to give you a quick overview of what we're going to share and then show it to you scripturally in just a few moments. How many of you love to read the instruction manuals are the instructions on things when you buy them can i see your hands okay how many of you are like me and all you want to do is put it together and then when you get finished, you think, they must have made a mistake. All these bolts left over, they must have made a mistake. And and I am not one, even to this day, to read instructions on putting things together. I think it's more fun to get it all out there and start doing this and doing that. And, and, and uh, so I, I'm doing this. This is many, many years ago. But... Uh, well, I can tell you how many years ago it's been. Remember when you had the smaller TV sets and you had what was called a TV stand, not a console, but a TV stand? I had bought a, a, a TV stand, and I had never bought a TV stand before. And so I opened it up, and it looked pretty simple to me. David, you know what that's like. It's just very simple. So I just looked at it, and, and I thought, oh, I can figure this thing out. I don't have to read the instructions. So I put the whole thing together, and it looked absolutely perfect. And I thought, I did a really great job. And I took that TV stand and I picked it up and set it down right there. Went over to get the TV set and came back. And I had eight screws all the way through the formica top sticking up with a sharp point. And I'm looking at these screws and I said, that is not supposed to look like that. Because I saw the picture of the finished project. What I had done... Was I had changed the screws around, but they worked, I thought, when it was upside down. But when I turned it right side up, I had a real problem. The good news is the TV covered up the screws. So I was okay, but it would have been better with me if I had just read the instructions and I wouldn't have had that problem. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, It'd be better if we read the instructions. We know that you're brilliant, but read the instructions anyway. And it's so important. Now, the message tonight, and, and possibly tomorrow, next Wednesday, is the power of your mind, good and bad, are good and evil, and your mind can entertain and will entertain whatever you allow it. God has left us in charge, and if you'll, if you'll do what God told you to do, you're going to be okay, and you're going to walk in victory. Matt and I, my nephew, were having a conversation out there, and he asked me something, and he said, I, I probably shouldn't do this, should I, asking me. And, and I just feel like there's a point in time when people have to stand on their own. You can help them, but you can't tell them what to do. And I said, Matthew, I think you can do whatever you want. God gave you a free will. It's your decision. You're out now. You've served a, a, a year uh, in, in incarcerated. It's your decision. What do you want to do? He said, well, I don't want to do that anymore. And I said, well, then don't do it anymore. Don't do it anymore. And he said, do you think it's really that simple? And I said, yeah, it really is. Because God has left you in charge of your life. Turn to your name and tell him, God left you in charge. Now, he, he left us in charge by giving us the ability to have the free will to make whatever decision we want to make, and that you are for the most part, where you are today, based on the decisions that you have made, based on the thoughts that you have entertained. All of us think good thoughts and bad thoughts, so we're all together now. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know what he's talking about. We got good thoughts that come through, we got bad thoughts. It's the ones that we entertain that's our responsibility. What Am I going to do what is right or am I not? Now, this is what happened in the very beginning. In the book of Genesis, uh, it, it, chapter 1, God created man. Now, the devil is doing everything he can to subvert the will of God. When you send your children to public schools, you send your children to college, you've got to deprogram them, then we come home. There is creationism by Almighty God, not something that came from an ape so turn to your neighbor and say we didn't come from some ape and evolution is not of god it is contrary to the will of god and the devil wants you to think that that is real he's got a lot of our educators promoting that stuff but we know what the word of god says And God created mankind in the beginning in His image. So if you want to know what God looks like, just look at those people around you, and you will know that God has a sense of humor. You'll get that in just a moment. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, it said, Let us make man... In our own image, in the likeness of him, and that man would have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over everything that creeps on the face of the earth. So we were made to have dominion. Let's so say I was made to have dominion. And then let's look at the next verse in verse 27 and 28. Then God created him in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it and have dominion over it. We were to subdue. Everybody say subdue. Subdue. We were to subdue what was on the face of the earth. Was the devil on the face of the earth? Well, we know that because he got into the Garden of Eden. But let's look at what you and I have going for us and what our minds should understand. The word dominion, and this is the, in the very beginning, the word dominion means sovereignty, jurisdiction, rulership, to rule, to reign over to exercise, and to have authority over. So in the very beginning, it was God's will that his creation in his likeness would rule on this earth. We had a spirit, we had mind, and we had a body. Let's just say spirit, Spirit. mind, mind, body. And all three of them were working in perfect synchronization. How many of you that are born again realize you have a spirit, a mind, and a body. How many of you realize the synchronization is gone? It is not synchronized. It is not flowing together. Your flesh wants to do what you know you shouldn't do. Your mind sometimes wants to do the right thing, and your mind sometimes wants to do the wrong thing. Let's all say it. Been there, done that. It's because of the fall And because the devil entered in, because mankind did not go forth and subdue what was continually trying to attack the Word of God and the will of God. And that's why in the verse that we just read, it said that we were to subdue. The word subdue means to tread down, to conquer, to keep under, and to bring into into subjection and to subjugate. In other words, the demonic forces that were on the face of this earth were to be under the authority and the power and the dominion of all mankind. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, Big job. Now, those powers and those forces of darkness are still here. All they can do is steal what the devil, what God has given to you and I. Now, the devil ruled and reigned on this earth In our lives until we receive Jesus. If you're here tonight, you have received Jesus, your spirit man is alive, your mind is ready to be renewed to the perfect will of God, and you are ready to fulfill your God given position that was His will from the very beginning that you would live the Word of God that you would know no fear, that you would walk in total dominion, and that you would keep the devil where he belongs in total subjection to the Word of God and to the will of God. The devil and powers and principalities are ultimately God's responsibility. He's going to take care of it once and for all. But for right now, the devil still walks about this earth as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy He does that through thoughts. He does that through people entertaining things they shouldn't entertain. The powers and the principalities of darkness have been defeated, but they're still out there roaming around trying to get into people's minds. My nephew allowed the devil into his mind. Someday I'm going to have him come back here and share his testimony. I know he will. I know it will be powerful, But he told me one day, we're sitting in a park bench in Denver. This was a few years uh, ago. I'd gone out to see him. And uh, he's sitting there, and we're talking about Jesus. And he said, I'm not ready for Jesus. I don't want to receive him. And I said, well, when do you think you're going to get ready? And he said, I don't know. I, I I, I just may kill myself. And I said, well, you want, me do your fir- you want me to do your funeral service? And uh, I think I shared that with you once before. And he looked at me and he, he said, what would you say? And I said, you want me to do this funeral service? I said, if you're going to kill yourself, you need to have a service. And, and, and he looked at me and he started laughing. He said, well, I don't want to die. And I said, well, you said you did. And he said, well, no, I don't really. And I said, okay, then you really don't want to die. You really want to live. He said, yeah. And I said, well, you're going to have to give up those drugs and you're going to have to let Jesus in your heart. And he said, I'm not ready for that. And he just sat there and looked at me and I said, You 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 know it's demonic. He said, Oh, I know it's demonic. I said, Really? And it was like it was, it was like he wanted to tell me something. And I said, If you know it's demonic, why you do it? He said, It's the biggest thrill I ever had. He said, I've seen the devil. I've seen powers and principalities. He said, You want to be an adrenaline rush, you ought to be with me on one of those. I said, No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I love roller coasters, but I don't want that ride. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I see them. He said, I've seen hell. He said, I've seen it. He said, I've seen it. The more I can shoot up, the more I see the the demonic forces. And he said, I just love it. It's so exciting to me. And so do all my friends. Everybody is looking for some type of excitement. And when you get into something that is addictive to you, It is doing that to take control of your mind. The devil has always been after the mind. It's the only area he can get in to control people. And once he gets the thought life of you, he can start then to control you by meditating something that you don't have to meditate Now, when I talk to my nephew now out there last week, uh, he says, I don't know how I could have done what I did. Well, the reason is because he's in his right mind. He's in his right renewed mind now, and he's seeking to fill the mind so that he can stand against the devil when the devil comes. Because the devil's going to come and try to steal what he has. He has the victory. But if he doesn't renew his mind, and he will, then he can lose what he had through the victory of the renewed mind. So now he's pressing in. We went out and bought a Bible, and we bought a, a, a prayer journal, and he's really doing the things that he needs to be doing. And he, But I told him, you have to strengthen yourself in the area where you were addicted. I was never addicted to drugs, so there's no temptation there that I have for drugs. Alcohol, a little bit different. I love I love the taste of alcohol. I love what it did to me. I love that little buzz that you get every once in a while. Not looking for it anymore. Don't want it anymore. But I know the feeling. So I could be tempted in that area of my life. Turn to your neighbor and say, there is an area where you can be tempted. Anybody that says, I I can't be tempted is a sitting duck for the devil because there is an area where all of us can be tempted. And you know what I'm talking about right now. You know when the temptation comes. But it's how you view and how you respond based on the word of God And the will of God. Adam and Eve, once they they missed it, they ran from God and they hid. Uh, You know, Eve Eve said, "I was deceived." Adam said, "This woman that you gave me, you know, she." But but both of them knew the right thing to do, but they didn't do it. They allowed a thought. Everybody say a thought. They allowed a thought or a word, it was actually a word from the devil that became a thought when the devil said, did God really say this? Did he really say it like that? And they began to entertain the thought. We know that Eve entertained the thought from the devil. Adam entertained the thought from the devil through Eve, both of them missed it because they thought the wrong thing. The power of your mind will never be the power that God wants you to have in your life until you get control of your thought life. And if you don't understand how to get control of your thought life, you need somebody to be around you to let you know you're thinking the wrong thing. Because once you start to think the wrong thing, you'll plant the seed in your mind and you'll start going the wrong direction. And before you know it, you're going to be walking the wrong direction and God is going to eat, He's going to be there for you, but the devil's going to be there to constantly deceive you. The word subdue. I want to say this again to tread down, to conquer, to keep under, to bring into subjection, and to subjugate. What was God's original plan? That the devil would be under our feet, that we would be in charge of the devil and the principalities and powers that had been cast down, and God's original desire for mankind has never changed. Tell your neighbor, it's never changed. So therefore, if we get a hold of this message and understand that God's original plan has been restored through the power of God, the original plan of God is that man would live by the word of God. In other words, he would partake only of the trees that were there that God put that were good. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he would not partake of. So a man would have no knowledge of evil. Can you imagine what it would be like to have no knowledge of evil? It would be like, I guess, a little baby born in a Christian home who's just right there in that home and the word of God spoken and praise and worship and everything that you know, you'd know, you be nurtured in that environment which is God's will for all of our families but some of us didn't come from a family like that but that, that is the will of God that we would be like that but because of the fall then the devil had a legal right everybody say legal right, legal right. to roam around this earth and try to convince people that what is right is really wrong. And the word of God says, woe be to people who try to say right is wrong and wrong is right. And, and, and it's in Isaiah 30, I think, somewhere in there. Pam, you know where it is. My wife is a walking, talking concordance. Did I give you a bad one? Okay, sorry about that. And we'll give you a little slack here. But, but, but so, so what we've got to do is understand how this whole thing operates right back to the original plan of God two scriptures Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 Luke chapter 4 verse 4 both of them are the same Jesus is speaking and he said man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God in the beginning all man could do was speak good things based on god because man was as if god were in the garden in the image of god created with the spirit of god with the mind of god with mind we call now the mind of christ and with a perfect flesh because of the fall our flesh is no good so turn to your neighbor and if you're here with your wife it may be the only time you can ever say this just turn to them and say your flesh is no good There is no hope for your flesh, so you gotta get your flesh out of the way. Your spirit man, if you know Jesus, has been reborn. That's the death that's talked about when it said man shall surely die if he partakes of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The spirit of man died. But the spirit of man now is reborn once Jesus comes into your life. So then once Jesus comes into your life, your spirit man is reborn. It wants to control you, but your flesh wants to get right back into doing the things that you used to do. How many of you know that some of the things you used to do you shouldn't do but you still, from time to time, have a feeling in your flesh that you would like to do it. Can I see your hands? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Your flesh wants to go right back into that. I used to smoke cigars. Can you believe that? When I'm around somebody smoking a gun, gr- now some people that are cigarette smokers, that they get set free from uh, cigarettes. They hate cigarette smoke. I was around a cigar smoker the other day. Some were walking down the street. It was out in Denver. And, and you know what? that thing smelled just as good to me as when i used to smoke anthony and cleopatra i can remember it to this day just roll it up glory to god nope i always held it this way yeah now i thank god when i'm delivered from that thing but every once in a while when i smell it it's it's like a sweet smelling aroma from the pit of hell but a sweet smelling aroma i know the taste when my nephew Matthew was talking to me about drugs and different kind and things he made up and stuff like that, and (laughs) I can't tell you some of the stories, but this guy really knew what he was doing, but uh, he would talk to me about the different smells and the different odors and things, and this would be this kind of pot, and this would be that kind of drug, and this would be this kind of heroin and all all this kind of stuff, but it's all demonic. Everybody says it's all demonic. The devil has always come trying to create a slippery slope and trick people into believing what he wants them to believe. Marijuana being legalized in this nation is a horrible mess. And we've got governors and we've got people and legislators that are absolutely brain dead when it comes to trying to get this thing passed all across this nation because this is a slippery slope right in to demonic activity. Inner city of Denver looks like zombies. Oh, there's the businessmen, and there are the beautiful buildings and all that, and you walk two blocks off of that street, and it's just dead young people walking around, eyes gazed out, on drugs, on marijuana. I'm telling you, the devil is trying to get people to think, well, everybody's doing it. Why can't I do it too? Why can't I do it too? You may be the next person that ends up totally incarcerated, totally wasted away because you did something that you knew was wrong. Now, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know right from wrong. Tell your neighbor, I know right from wrong. But if you are not disciplined in your life, you will yield to your flesh. And the Word of God tells us that we have the mind of Christ. And I'm going to show you that in Scripture in just a moment. Everybody say, I have the mind of Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ, you have the power of God working in your life, and the devil knows the potential power of God's Word in your life. The devil knows the potential power of God's Word. So therefore, he's coming to steal the Word of God. Mark chapter 4, and maybe next week we'll get more involved in this message. But the Word of God comes from the throne room of God, and, and, and God then wants us to get that Word and meditate that Word. Let's just say, I'm a child of God, created in the image of Almighty God. I'm going from glory to glory. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I'm the head, not the tail. I have power, authority, and dominion. How many of you believe that's God's will for you to meditate? Can I see your hands? Now, how many of you, within the last seven days have been meditating something that you know is from the pit of hell. You know exactly what it is, you're never going to make it. That pain in your chest is probably cancer, the little blurry thing you had, you're probably going blind, uh, your little headache you had, you scratch your head, there's probably a big tumor. You know – how you know I'm talking about? You might be sitting there thinking, well, I know somebody that had a tumor. Well, yeah, that's true. That happens. But the devil is trying to get you to believe something that is contrary to the will of God. See, most of, of what the devil does is fear oriented. This is going to be a message for another time. But if you have any fear in your life, turn to your neighbor and say, any fear. any fear. If you have any fear in your life, it is an open door of the devil. And he knows it, especially if you're a little bit older. You know, you've been around for a while. He knows where that is. He knows what door to knock on. And he knows how to get you into fear. When he gets you into fear, then he can do whatever he wants to do. But we've got to understand that fear came in as a result of the creation of God listening to the devil. Because in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, when God came walking through the garden in the, in, in the what's it say, in the mist? In uh, In the what? The morning mist? Was it morning? Did it say morning mist? I don't remember what it said. I don't think it said morning mist. I'm not trying to correct you. God knows I'm not going to try to correct you. But it said something else. What did it say? Yeah, the cool of the day. Thank you. Who's my Bible scholar over there? The cool of the day. (laughs) Give, Give her a hand. In the cool of the day. It might have been misty too, but it was the cool of the day when God came walking through that garden. And Adam knew it. And he ran and he hid from God. And that's when fear entered mankind, when we run and hide from God. If we run to God, we get set free. If we run from God, we reinforce the fear that is in us. And your mind should be so powerful that you're not afraid of anything. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not afraid of anything. Our son, uh, uh, son-in-law, uh, Joy Camp, uh, some, some of you have heard this story, but years, it, it's been several years ago now, but we're down in Florida, and we're all down there together, and John, Elizabeth, and I, I think it was John, Elizabeth, and myself are going uh, uh, parasailing and I'd never been parasailing before. I was so excited. I like roller coasters. I like adrenaline rush, all that kind of stuff. So we're all going to go. And and so we talked Joey into going. He said, yeah, I'll go. And then Joey looks up and he sees the, the parasail off in the distance. And, and he, I, we can tell he's getting a little bit white knuckled and, and his, uh, his wife, our daughter, Lori said, Joey, uh, is afraid of heights. Now I have, This tenacity that when I hear somebody say I'm afraid of something, I just want to choke them, shake them, jump them up and down, and just say, Get out of that, because you're yoking up with the devil. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't ever say I'm afraid. Don't ever say you're fearful. Don't ever say you're anxious. Don't ever say you're stressed out. Because that is yoking up with the devil and coming into agreement with him and saying, basically, have your way with me for a while until I come to my senses. Nobody in their right mind wants to do that. And so, Joy, first of all, we're intimidating him. He's trying to not go. And so we're doing whatever we can to intimidate him into going. And it might have been the wrong method but it produced the right result. And so we got him in the boat, that was the main thing, and then we got out there, and we started up, and John Elizabeth went up first, and uh, then I, uh, I went up, and we left Joy to la- last, and, and, and Joy's just like this, and, and, and so <laughs> pretty soon it's his turn to get in this thing. So they let him up, and Joy is holding on for dear life. And I forget how far it went up, is uh, how many feet it was, but it's quite a ways anyway. And when he got him up there, the guy said, uh, hey, i got a whole bunch more uh, uh, footage on this thing. I can go another couple hundred feet or whatever it was. And we say, yeah, let him go. He loves heights. And and so they they just let this thing out. And Joey is going higher and higher and higher and higher. And he's up there. It's just hilarious to watch. And so finally when they brought him back down, we didn't know what Joe was going to do. And we brought him back down. Joe jumped in the boat. I said, Joe, how'd you like it? And he said, I want to do it again. Now, just a few moments, he was fearful of heights. He goes up and he does it, and he, and he, and he, de- he loved it. Had a grandson. I'm not saying I do the best method, but I get results. <laughs> Had a grandson. He just turned, uh, no, no, they, they, this is another grandson. Anyway, th- this grandson is out in California now. We're at Disney World, and he's about 12, maybe, Thirteen, I don't remember for sure, twelve or thirteen, and he wanted to go on Space Mountain. Any of you know what Space Mountain is? Roller coaster in the dark, roller coaster in the dark. So we, we we wait in line, all that kind of stuff, we go all the way up to the roller coaster and get time to get in it. And he's standing there, and he's looking. He, he's 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 getting. I can tell he's getting a little bit white as we get closer and closer. And finally, we get up to the top. And it's time to get in the roller coaster and we're two people away from getting in the next roller coaster that comes up there. And he says, I can't go, can't go, Pop, can't go. It's okay, whatever. And uh, and so I started to get in the, the uh, line to get on the next car that was coming in. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting on the roller coaster. And he said, what am I going to do? And I said, I don't know. I said, I think you go that way. We came in, but I really don't know. He's only about 12. So you have to ask somebody. I don't know. I'm going down the roller coaster. He said, well, I'm not staying here by myself. And I said, well, you got two choices. You either go that way by yourself or get in the car because I'm going down the roller coaster. He's gotten a roller coaster <laughs> like this. I love it. I love it. I hate fear. I hate fear. Turn in your and say, hate fear. I hate fear. I hate it. It is demonic. And uh, so, now, you all feel fear, so I don't want you to go out of here thinking you're weird, okay? Let's just say, I feel fear, but I don't have to succumb to it. And so he's in that roller coaster. I had him get in front of me. and I thought, this would be fun to watch. And so he's he's in there like this. We go down, if you've ever been on you know what I'm talking about. It's a roller coaster, basically, in the dark. We get all the way finished. He jumps out of this roller coaster. That's the honest to God truth. Jumps out of this roller coaster and says, wow, can we do it again? (laughs) Glory to God. Just a moment. He was going to let that fear stop him from having a great experience. You don't have to ride a roller coaster to break fear but if you're afraid to ride a roller coaster, you ought to be on a roller coaster because anything that you think you have a fear of, guess who's coming along to reinforce that fear. And once he gets that door open, he's going to open other doors to you. There is no fear in God. Perfect love casts out all fear. The mind of Christ and the power of Christ has no fear whatsoever. Let's not say, I have no fear. And when we get to the point when we believe that, we will begin to act like that. I want to show you in 1 Timothy, we're going to turn over there. As as we talk about this scripture and about the mind of Christ and the power of God in our life, I, I, I just want to share a couple of examples with you because where you leave a door to the devil in your life, the devil will come in and he will begin to gets you to do little things that you know you shouldn't be doing, but it's just you and him behind closed doors. You know what I'm talking about? I'm amazed sometimes that I have a friend, I haven't seen him in years, who started a church out west. That uh, church grew to, I don't know, I think about six, 7,000, just almost, not overnight, but almost overnight, Next thing I know, he has an affair and adultery. loses his church, loses his marriage, loses everything. And in the natural realm, and even to a certain extent in the realm of the spirit, the man was blessed by God. He was blessed financially. He was blessed spiritually. He was blessed in his family. And in a moment's notice, he lost it all to adultery. And I think, how would something like that happen? Well, you have to look at something and see something and then begin to meditate it. Now, We don't have any children. Ah, we do. Okay. Uh, Every single one of you know what it's like to have a thought you shouldn't have. Are we all adult? Thank you for those three heads. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. David, King David, who loved God and was described as a man after his own heart, looked out and saw Bathsheba naked taking a bath. Now, guys, I'm speaking to you right now. If you looked out and saw a good-looking woman taking a bath naked, there would be some, whoa, I shouldn't be looking at this. But it is a site I'm really interested in. I was walking through the airport without my wife and uh, uh, out in Denver, <laughs> and I was buying peanuts, but on the news rack was the new Sports Illustrated, the swimming edition. <laughs> and it was fair to the eyes. And you're looking at it and think, whoa. <laughs> that is, it did not take a blind man to realize that is one good-looking woman with hardly no clothes on. It's one thing to see something and get rid of it than to see something and meditate on it. Now, here's King David. Love God with all of, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but probably love God with all of his heart, all of his mind, all of his soul, serve God, love God. And all of a sudden, he sees this woman, and she's probably very beautiful, and she's very pleasing to the eyes. And, it, you know, it's one thing to see it, and then it's another thing to meditate. He could have seen it and said, she. Well, he wouldn't have said Jesus, but he said, God, please take this thought out from my mind right now. I refuse to meditate that thought. I am a man of God, of God's own heart in my life, and I had a thought that I shouldn't have had, but I'm not going to pursue that thought. David obviously didn't do that. He pursued the thought. He ended up murdering a man. He ended up covering up the murder. ended up doing something that in his right mind, everybody say his right mind. In his right mind, he would have never ever contemplated doing, but in his wrong mind, his mind produced evil. Your mind can produce good or evil in a thought. Think about that. In a thought. So therefore, we guard the mind that we have been given. I have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, we have the mind of Christ. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you have the mind of Christ. If you're here and born again, you have Jesus in your life. You have the mind of Christ. Therefore, we have the power of God himself in our mind because everything that we do from our spirit man, from our flesh, everything funnels through your mind. You can't lift your hand without something going through your mind to tell that hand to lift. You cannot speak a word without it going through your mind. You cannot have pain. Without that pain, you may think the pain is in your finger. The pain is nowhere until it goes through your mind and back to your finger. The pain, everything funnels through the mind. That's why it is so important that your mind continually be renewed to the perfect will of God. And we have that ability. Now, this is the mind that you and I possess if we will yield to it and let it take control. This is Paul talking to Timothy. And apparently, Timothy was being challenged, and Paul basically said this I remind you to stir up the gift of God that was in you from the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. What do we have? Now, we're going to build this to a crescendo power, love, and a sound mind. Sometimes I can rebuke the devil and say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I feel him going. Sometimes I have to use a little bit louder voice. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. I may not sit here in church and do that. But to myself, I'm going to rebuke every thought that is contrary to the will of God. Because it will destroy my mind if I meditate something long enough that is trying to take me away from God my friend out west that had that church he obviously saw a woman and he thought she was very beautiful i see a lot of beautiful women all you b- women are beautiful in this church uh, this is national women's beautiful day or something i don't you you're all supposed to be on a holiday or aren't, aren't aren't all the women supposed to be on a holiday today or whatever i don't know glory to god uh, But but anyway, I I don't take that lightly. I thank God for women. But it's one thing to look at somebody and realize they're beautiful. It's another thing to lust after a person. So what we do is we get to the point where we understand that if I'm starting to cross the line, I'm going to come back because the devil cannot control my thought life. Turn to your neighbor and say, "The the devil can't control my thought life. But he can impart to you thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking. Now, this is what the Word of God says. That we've been given power, love, and a sound mind. Let's say that again. Power, love, and a sound mind. Like you mean it. Power, love and a sound mind. Like you mean it. Power, love, and a sound mind. And when you feel like you do not have it at all, you have power, love and a sound mind. And when you wake up anxious, stressful, going to bed, everything looks like hell in a handbasket, you have. And when the kids don't make the bed like they should have, you have? Power, love, and sound mind. When you go to your checkbook and you have no money and you're overdrawn and your IRS is out the door, you have? Power, love, and sound mind. If we believe that and live like that, we will live in a different stratosphere. This is what the Word of God says here for a sound mind. This is what we just said that we have. Let's look at what it says here. A sound mind. The word means safe thinking. Safe everybody say safe thinking. Safe thinking. Not a wall safe, but a something that's safe for you to think. Safe thinking, it's what we could have thought about in the Garden of Eden. All, everything was safe. Good judgment. Everybody say I have good judgment. I have good judgment. Disciplined thought patterns. Let's all say I have, I have disciplined thought patterns. How many of you realize there are times when that's really got to be a confession of faith? because your thought patterns are just scattered. But if you say it often enough, I have disciplined thought life. I say this to myself a lot. I am a disciplined, self-controlled man of God, and I am making right decisions because I hear from the Spirit of God. And then I turn around and I do something screwy, and I repeat the same thing all over again because it's not going to change who God wants me to be. My actions are not going to change who I am, but if I continue to do the actions... It will eventually change. Does that make sense? So then it goes on to say, and the ability to understand and make right decisions, it includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. What do we have? Self-control and self-discipline. One of the things that we are missing in I believe in the body of Christ, but certainly in the world. The devil has come in, and, and, and I know I'm overgeneralizing, but the devil has basically come in and taken control of our schools. I really believe that. Now, I'm not saying there aren't some schools where the devil hasn't taken control, but the devil's come in, he's taken out corporal punishment. You don't ever want to punish a child because it'll stump their growth for the rest of their life, and they may not be able to rob banks with confidence. You know, so, so what, what, what we're going to do is we're never going to use the rod of corporal punishment. You know, we want them to feel good about themselves. How many of you have seen the Uber commercial with the bank, the guys robbing the store? How many of you seen that? That is hilarious. Where's the ride? He'll be in three minutes. His name is Randy, and he sounded so good on the phone. I love that commercial. But we get to the point when we, when we, when we, we, the discipline. Now, I was brought up, I came out of the, uh, so I I know that I may sound sometimes like, uh, like like I'm glad he's not my father. No, but, but. uh, I came out of school, I was just a punk kid. I thought I knew everything, uh, drank a lot, uh, smoked a lot, and just I, really and truly it was, it was a very prideful, arrogant person. And, uh, but I, I had seen the, the movie, uh, The Sands Viva Jiva. Uh, how many of you have ever seen the movie uh, of Viva Jeeva? It's a movie about the Marine Corps, John Wayne, that gets killed right at the end, smoking a lucky strike. I mean, what better? Get all you know. In other words, it was, it, was just a, it was the guy movie. It was the guy movie. I always thought it would be so cool to be a Marine. And so went out and got drunk one night and a friend of mine came home from the service and he said hey if you sign up in the marine corps i get five days extended leave and i said eh, why not i saw the signs of iwo jima so i went down and signed up for the marine corps and uh and 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 went for four years and uh and i went to boot camp and i thought what the crap have i done uh, <laughs> these guys are demonic they're horrible and uh, I just, you know, and, and I'm sure other branches of the service are like this, too. But all I know is that I thought that guy was going to eat me and spit me out. And uh, all of a sudden, they just taught us that we didn't know anything. And uh, I'll never forget them bringing two guys up in front of the platoon, Platoon 152. I'll never forget that. And, and we'd, we'd been there for four days. And and one drill instructor standing here, and another drill instructor standing here. Reminded me of you, Pam, uh, 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 with John. (laughs) That's another story. (laughs) But this one drill instructor said, you guys are going to be writing home to your parents, and we don't want you to think that there's any maltreatment going on around here. Nothing that we do is maltreatment. And the other drill instructor said, no, we we will. And so he's really chewing this guy out just as an example of all the bad things. The other guy's over here. He said, I'll show you maltreatment. And he smacks this guy right in the stomach. And this guy just doubles up and falls down. Just, uh, and we're all still like, and, and that's maltreatment. And then the other guy says, and, and he's making them do push-ups. Get in in and do 20 push-ups. And that's not maltreatment. This guy's starting to get up. And the guy hits him on the back of the head and knocks him down again. He says, that's maltreatment. And that's what we don't do. And, and this went on for about 20 minutes. And, and, and we're standing there thinking, holy crap, I'm not going to do anything like that. I scared the living stuff out of it. You know, to this day, I thank God for the training I had. It taught a punk kid that if you continue to mess up, you continue to mess with me, you're going to pay a price we continue to mess with the devil, we're going to pay a price we had never planned to pay. And it's going to be a serious, serious price. I'm amazed at the number of families in the body of Christ who let the children make a decision as to whether or not they go to church. I love everybody. That's a poor parent. That's a parent teaching no discipline. You're letting the child take control. I don't think we have to run our families as a military camp, but it wouldn't hurt. Because the biggest challenge we have in our schools is a lack of discipline. The biggest challenges that we have in our colleges, universities, lack of discipline. My personal opinion, I believe the devil is doing well in our school system. I believe the devil's doing well in our universities. I believe the devil is deceiving people all over this nation and all over this world because he knows his days are short. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the power of Almighty God. And it's time to speak up. It's time to stand up. It's time to act up. And it's time to speak the word of God that we have power and we have authority and we have good judgment and we have dominion and that God has restored us with the mind of Christ, and we proclaim what we believe. But you have to have your mind ready to stand. And we're going to be talking about fear and the fear of man next week, I believe. Because if you don't get a grip on what other people think about you, that is an open door to the devil. And if you're a people pleaser, you want people to like you You will hold back from doing what God is showing you to do, and you may not be able to accomplish the setting free of that individual because you don't want to upset anybody. I don't think we need to upset boats. I think we need to sink some boats and get the Word of God and the power of God into our schools, into our families. But it has to start with us. You are in charge of you. And I told Matthew this. When I was out there the very first time, I said, Matthew, you can make any decision you want. God gave you that freedom. But eventually, you're going to have to determine, am I going to think what God wants me to think? Or am I going to think whatever I want to think? Let's all stand to our feet. I believe God's got a great plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. There isn't a single person here that does not need to release the power of God of self-discipline and self-control in you. If you're doing something you know you shouldn't be doing, you are doing it because you know you shouldn't do it, but you're overriding that because you want to do it. In other words, you're conflicted. Does that make sense? Conflicted? The Word of God in Galatians 5.23 says we have self-control. Let's say I have self-control. If you're here and you have the, uh, uh, Jesus Christ in your life, you, you that came through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in here, so you have self-control. So let's just say, I have self-control. You don't have to raise your hand. If God's telling you exercise more and you're not doing it, you're not using what you already have, self-control. If you're not eating right, it's because of you, because you don't have self-control operating in your life. If you're supposed to read the Word of God more and you're not doing it, it's because you are not releasing self-control that you have. If you're doing something you know you shouldn't do, somewhere in your life, which is possibly all of us, it's because of you. The devil can whisper and talk and scream at you, but you do not have to entertain any thought of the devil. But if you will allow self-control, same thing as self-discipline, to rule in your life, you have the spirit of self-control. You will be able to do anything that you believe God has shown you to do. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you the most important question you'll ever answer. Do you know that if you died tonight, You go to be with Jesus. If you're here and you say, I I don't have that assurance. If I died tonight, I don't know. Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal child. You've you've walked away from the things of God. Don't walk another step. Don't don't take another day. If you're here and you'd say, that's me, Pastor. I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you. I see your hand over here, ma'am. Are there others? You say, pray for me. I know that you're talking about me. Anyone else? Anyone else? Come on down here. Stand with me, would you please? Give her a hand as she comes. Let's all let's all pray this prayer right now. Jesus, Jesus. I believe that you're the son, of God.
0: I believe that you are the son of God.
1: I believe that you died for my sins. I believe
0: that you died.
1: I've sinned, I made mistakes.
0: I've sinned and I made mistakes.
1: But tonight, but tonight I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart.
0: The true desire of my heart is to serve you.
1: Is to serve you. Now father, I pray for this lady. I pray that today is the day of new beginnings that the original plan and purpose for her life has never changed, and that every situation and circumstance that she's been through, you're going to turn it around, and you're going to use it to strengthen her, that you do that for people who love you and are called according to your purpose. And we thank you for that. Hold steady right here with me just for a minute. Miriam, you stand right here. How many of you, you don't have to do this just to placate me, but... How many of you this message was for you tonight this is a message to be lived this is a message that if we will do it and let the power of god in our mind consume us and control us we'll walk in a different a different walk and this earth so i want us all to to make this confession right now lord, lord. i believe that i have the mind of christ
0: I believe I have the mind of Christ.
1: I believe I have a powerful mind. I
0: believe I have a powerful mind.
1: Therefore, therefore I make this decision. Therefore
0: I make this I will meditate your word.
1: I will meditate your word. I will
0: live your word.
1: I will live. Your word. I will think your thoughts. I will think your thoughts. I will cast down the thoughts of the enemy. I will cast down the thoughts of the enemy. And I will walk with the sound mind. I believe with all of my heart. I have been given given by you you. power, Power, love, Love. and a sound mind. And And I refuse anything but that that. because I am a child of God. God. You believe believe that? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.